take a look at how Google Workspace can help their frontline workers, yeah, so the users in their plants and on the lines, be able to work safer, work from anywhere and be connected all on a fully secure cloud-first platform. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Manufacturing Asia's podcast in partnership with Google Workspace. In this episode, we will be discussing the next generation workplace for manufacturers. My name is Simon Hyatt, and I am the contributing editor of Manufacturing Asia. I will be your host today. And joining me is Daryl McKinnon, head APAC for Google Workspace. Daryl, a very warm welcome to you. Hi, Simon. Great to be here. Great to have you in partnership with us, Daryl, and thanks very much again for your time. To start off with, I'd like to ask you, Daryl, what challenges do manufacturers face in the digital transformation journey today, in your opinion? We obviously hear from uh, the challenges shared with us often by our customers specific to digital transformation are things like skill set challenges. How can they hire people with the right skills in IT, especially in the manufacturing industry? IT issues, so do they have the right skills to be able to deal with the complexities of you know, deploying today on if it's on-prem or can they move to the cloud or the cloud skills? They do need to do any application development. Then they generally worry about data security. So if you are deploying across networks today, is your data secure and safe and you're protecting yourself? We also hear them often talk to us about corporate culture. We generally associate with manufacturing that most work is done manually. And when you introduce digital transformation, you may be introducing you know, new tools. So for example, uh, if we're in, say, the mining industry, Maybe we're not having people drive trucks anymore, but having those trucks being driven behind screens, which obviously increases workplace safety. People walking around large pits in any sort of manufacturing environment like that, or this is not manufacturing but mining. So that's kind of a, a big play around that. And how do they get those individuals to start adopting that technology, which always leads to change management as an item. And then everyone's going to try and do that at the lowest cost possible. So they're kind of the big challenges we see around digital transformation. And obviously, the manufacturers are trying to do all this at the same time as dealing with their supply chain volatilities that we've seen on the back of COVID-19. How do they also drive a culture of innovation while they're trying to do all of this? And again, always under pressure on costs and profitability. So they're the sort of challenges we're hearing from our customers. Daryl, you raised a good point. Data security is certainly the big hot topic, and it has been for a, a couple of years now. What do you think is the major challenge if we drill down and just talk about data security? What's the major challenge with respect to data security? Generally, yeah, obviously the, the biggest challenge we see with security is always it's actually generally the user. It's at some point, someone's made a mistake. They've left a, a notebook or a keypad or a password lying around somewhere and you have bad actors be able to get access to that and then into the systems for data breaching. So that's generally where we see the biggest challenges. So it's really... um. A lot of that's about education of users about the importance of making sure they're using technology such as two-factor authentication and all that technology. But generally, the, you know, the most attacks we see are things around your know, phishing attacks, uh, ransomware attacks. Obviously, that's critical. You know, manufacturing that could really have a major impact. Data breaches, which comes from people not being secure in passwords and, and their devices. And then, I guess, denial of service attacks are the big ones as well, which could really if you think about things we run across the intake, that really run someone network down. So they're kind of the big challenges. From a Google perspective, you know, Google Cloud was built from the ground up around security. So we protect our users against tens of thousands of phishing attacks a day and how we build that out. And the Google Workspace product, which is really a collection of 
productivity and collaboration tools runs on Google Cloud. So we get all of the advantages and benefits of uh, what Google Cloud's built on. Plus, we have additional features in there, such as the ability, for example, if you open up a doc, we actually check what's been actually uh, a phishing attacks taking place on that doc. So that means if you had manufacturing workers that have a mobile device and they need to get access to, say, a standard operating procedure or a specific document for training purposes or a um, workplace safety, we know that those can't be compromised. And then we complement that on top with what we call client-side encryption. So what we effectively do is we actually allow you to encrypt all of the packets that are being sent across the network. So whether it's an email, whether it's a doc or a slideshow or a sheet or, you know, our chat, that's all encrypted. So that really helps drive the, uh, both protection for the information being sent around, especially true in manufacturing because there's a lot of data being shared there, as well as ensure that IT organizations can focus on where they need to be driving innovation rather than constantly protecting their businesses. Interesting points that you've raised. Daryl, what opportunities are present for manufacturers looking to reinvent their workplace solutions? I'm going to ask you these by silo because I want to talk about five different heads here. How does a digital workplace improve the following for manufacturers? Let's start with operations. When we think about, say, your operations, but you're really thinking about trying to make sure I get the examples right. Yeah, for example, you know, how can you um, obtain more insights into your supply chain production performance? How do you drive operational effectiveness across your different lines and plants? And what that really means is making sure that you've got these tools and technologies in place to make it easier for you to communicate with your suppliers, to communicate within your plants and across your production lines, the ability to do a stand up very quickly to get all the people you need online at that point in time or know where they are. So you can really drive that performance and operational effectiveness. The ability, if you like, to do things like training, whether that training or standard operating procedures are done or physically on site or virtually. You can't see me right now, Simon, but I'm wearing a pair of Google Glass. And you know, Google Glass used to be kind of a bit of a hype and now went through you know, kind of the down, everyone sort of looked out on it, but now it's coming to, I guess if you want to call it the plateau of productivity, where we're seeing great uses for it for things like training. So you could actually uh, do remote training of users when they're having to make a service, a piece of equipment, or they're looking out where something may be broken or run down. So the ability to see that remotely and train people, the ability to do fixes if you don't have the expertise. So there's kind of the different uses of this productivity and collaboration technologies that will really allow you to optimize operations. Thanks, Daryl. What about with respect to production and innovation? How does a digital workplace improve production and innovation for manufacturers? Let me take the, um, yeah, okay, let me do both. So uh, where, where we see this playing is, I'll take innovation. If you think about, you know, when all of our best ideas don't come when we're sitting there idly by ourselves, right? We may have a good idea, but how do you then take that idea to the next level? So throughout human history, we've always had an idea and then we get together with our colleagues and other people that may know a little bit more about it and we innovate and iterate that idea. And so innovation really comes out of people coming together, sharing those ideas, and being able to do that in real time. It is critical to success. So using technologies such as you know, Google Meet, which we're using today to allow people to connect to each other very quickly, our technology records the conversation we're having. So you can then put that conversation into a doc. 
then you can quickly jump into that in real time and collaborate with each other on the changes you want to make and whether it's project plan or a design spec, how you could bring that all together from an innovation perspective. So using those technologies, you can really start thinking about you know, 10x thoughts. How do we change our business 10x and drive forward? Now, if you switch the other way around, how do you optimize production? You know, we have technologies, for example, uh, known as AppSheet. And AppSheet allows you to do no code development. So this is where you can get all of your your workers, right, involved in the business where maybe they see a paper-based process or a very manual process that could be great if it could be automated. So for example, your safety inspection of all of the fire extinguishers in a plant. Generally, that's a paper-based process. What if it could be a digital process where someone had that idea and were able to provoke that idea as a no-code application? So that would actually improve, if you like, the facility uh, management. But they could also do the same around production, where they could see opportunities to improve production in an organization as well. So we kind of see opportunities in the workplace to allow, if you like, the workers to become digital workers uh, and contribute to an organization, as well as foster an environment where people can very quickly um, collaborate, driving innovation. Now, Daryl, you've mentioned the word collaboration and collaborate quite a bit in the previous answer, but let's drill down a little bit on that. How does digital workplace improve communication or collaboration between corporate and the shop floor? Can we look at that, please, Daryl? Where we've seen some examples of, of customers using that, for example, is obviously the ability to have meetings, which are you know video meetings between the uh, HQ, if you like, corporate and the shop floor. So you can do these meetings in real time with low bandwidth. They can be done on, on any device. The cool thing about it is you're able to sort of have people check in either remotely, individually, or they can join in a room and, and know who's in the room and be able to actually launch a meeting from inside a document. So you could be inside a, a, you know, a spreadsheet that's got a, or a project plan. You could launch from that a video call involving all the key stakeholders that you needed on that call and make that all happen in real time rather than having to set up these meetings that are a week or two out and all the structure, you'll quickly see through a calendar application who's free, when they're next free, uh, using artificial intelligence that's built into our technology, identified how you can bring those people together very quickly rather than you having to do that manually. So that really, if you like, helps to improve how the remote officers can talk to HQ. And then other technologies allowing you, for example, such as um, we call editors. So in the editors are things like docs, slides, and sheets. And in those, we, we have technology called smart chips. And what the smart chips allowed you to do is embed regularly used data. So for example, it could be production data, it could be customer data, it could be standard operating procedure data. And you're able to actually have that embedded in these documents that gets constantly shared. So people aren't having to go out and find new information or bring information back. It's all embedded in these documents that are constantly shared between the remote offices and HQ. So everyone's talking the same language. They're working off the same document. There's not 12 different versions taking place. It's a single document that's actually updated and maintained in real time. And we see a lot of feedback from our customers on the productivity they get out of that. So therefore, they're able to all access this in real time. There's not multiple versions of it. They're able to quickly turn out new documents or new projects, quickly make decisions, have those decisions documented and be able to move on with what they need to do in the workplace. 
Fantastic answer. Two more to go, Daryl. It's turning into the Ben-Hur of questions. This one interests me. In fact, it interests, I imagine, everybody. What about the digital workplace and employee engagement and retention? Such an important topic for every business, big or small. Yes, we used to think about, if you think pre-COVID-19 was, how did you get people to work? And then through COVID-19, every organization thought about, well, how do I get work to people? Though obviously in the manufacturing environment, it was, yeah, how do we get people still into the work safely? Really, that is the crux of everything an organization wants to do, right? The employee engagement is key to their success. Your happy employees drive happy outcomes and more productive outcomes. And so what we see with these productivity tools is, couple of things that I like to refer to this. It's creating magical moments for users. And to give you a sense of that is sometimes when we work you remotely or you know, we work remote, we decide do we go into the office that day or not. And so with our technology, for example, now calendar application, you when you accept a meeting, you could decide to accept that meeting to join physically or virtually. So Simon, if you and I were having a meeting, I could look in and see that if you were going to be virtually or physically, all of a sudden I see that there's a meeting taking place and five people are in the office. I may decide that I'll go into the office that day and stay connected. Whereas I see that everyone's joining virtually, yeah, I may study and then join that meeting virtually. So that, if you like, that creates a magical moment where I can now become more connected because I can make a decision to go into the office or into that location as site and be involved. So if you take that, we're, now we're in driving this engagement around people being able to actually meet each other because they're seeing each other's scheduling. They want to be connected and drive that. So that's really kind of allowing, if you like, employee engagement. You know, people are sort of talking about how do you get people back to the office. It's little things like that where people actually want to go and meet each other around the water cooler, in the changing room, if you like, around the smoke break to have those conversations. And this allows people to feel more connected. For organizations, it allows them to innovate and drive different ways of communicating to their employees. So they can now you know, set up regular one-on-one checkups through this technology. They're able to create small group working groups and get people to collaborate on projects together. They can create all hands, uh, well, thank God it's Friday type meetings to get everyone connected together and look at all these different ways to engage employees that are both physically or remotely. Now, obviously in the manufacturing, we always tend to think about people being remote and they miss out on actually being part of a, if you like, an inclusive environment. So we have this cool way of thinking. We um, call it companion mode, but it comes based on the concept of the campfire. And if you uh, think back to even today, you go, we love to sit around a campfire and tell stories. And that's how we share stories and communicate. And you think about kind of the, the round table and people being equal around the round table. And as we moved into this being remote, people felt a little bit disconnected and didn't feel like they had a quality in voice. If you've got four or five people in a meeting room and you're remote, you feel disconnected. So this companion mode allows everyone to connect by their device, whether they're in the meeting room or remotely. So now everyone's got an equal say in the meeting and we're all sitting around this being around the campfire, if you like, to try and drive that. And our side story is we tried to actually recreate that in using technology with a camera in the middle of a round room didn't work but great to try the innovation it was too expensive and issues with sound and obviously in a manufacturing environment that doesn't quite work but be able to provide very high quality video on mobile devices to be able to mute the sound so that you don't have echoes so that if you do have your dog barking no one else can hear it if you are on the plant floor everyone can't hear the plant behind you so therefore, you've got a much clearer communication. So all of these really help to drive employee engagement. 
And then as an organization builds it into their cadence with how they want to engage their employees, it makes it easier and easier just to make it automated and everyone feels more connected. A long answer there, Simon, but it's one of my favorite topics because uh, making people feel included and engaged is how any organization will be successful. Absolutely, Daryl. Absolutely. A fabulous answer. You know, you've got to try something to give it a go. You've got to try to know, don't you? And I think, you know, as you say, we are human creatures, we're social creatures in essence. So I think your points are completely valid. Finally, Daryl, what about with respect to vendors and suppliers? Again, I think it comes a little bit, we we shared a little bit earlier around the ability to have what we call the smart chip technology, where you can have this uh, data embedded around a supplier or around a vendor that you effectively can embed in any document you use. And so that, if you like, gets carried around. If you like, there's maybe a Think of it as a, you know, as a chip, right? The data is embedded in that document. It shifts between a, a document or a spreadsheet or a, a slideshow. can be shared in chats. So if you think about it, you're able to create these smart chips around your suppliers and vendors, making it very easy for you to track them, keep the latest data around supply chain and production. It's all there as a smart chip. Today, most organizations will have multiple spreadsheets, uh, multiple documents on this. I'll have to pull multiple queries from a database somewhere. The ability with the smart chip is you're able to actually embed that intelligence so it can pull the data out of your ERP systems or your manufacturing systems, but then have it available and embedded in your documents still with full security, as we talked about earlier, that everything is encrypted. So we think that technology really allows you to make it much easier to kind of work between suppliers and vendors. And then using obviously the technology such as you know, Meet, Chat, you're able to actually now share accurately with these vendors and include them in the conversations you need to have with them. We also allow, for example, security to know who's an internal or external vendor in the workspace platform. So you actually know, you know what can be shared internally and what cannot be shared. One of the coolest features we've just released is uh, around what we call data loss prevention and zero trust. And if you were going to send a message or a document and it's actually got someone external to your organization, it will actually come up and tell you that you're about to share information that is external to your organization, which is a you know, fantastic, if you like, guardrail or safety check uh, for any user. And obviously, IT can set the rules so that actually it can't be shared. So it's saying you are trying to share some data that is not allowed to be shared outside and it won't let you. So if you think about the ability here to really be able to cooperate more with suppliers and vendors, but the same thing in your organization, provide uh, even more granularity around how you work with them is fantastic. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you so much. Now, we spoke about security a little bit earlier. Let's get a little bit more serious on that topic. Security is key when it comes to cloud-based innovation. Can you tell us about the security aspect of Google Workspace? How can manufacturers be assured that the platform can keep their information safe against cyber threats? A big question, Daryl. Really love to hear your opinions on it. Excellent. Obviously, there are way smarter people than me around security, but I think yeah, how we call the initiative Work Safer. And it's, it's very appropriate for manufacturers is how do we ensure them that we provide them with, and if you like, a cloud-first architecture. So being cloud-first means that we provide a browser-based approach that's actually architecturally superior than using physical devices. 
Don't need to constantly update it. You don't need to patch it. There's no need for local devices, native apps, security add-ons, or even email attachments. So being cloud first in how we provide Google Workspace is that first layer. But the second thing we do is we approach it and we call zero trust. So we have built-in controls, encryption, and uh, verification that actually enables employees to work from anywhere and eliminate the need for VPNs. So this is super important for manufacturer organizations. It really does bring the light, the ability to work from anywhere, anytime if needed. And zero trust means that uh, we trust no one, we verify everything. And so that's super important to organizations on how you make that go forward. And that really links to the last piece around really protecting everyone. The ability for you to make sure that any endpoint, so whether you're bringing your own devices or company provider devices, those endpoints are fully secure and don't need to be uh, regularly patched or taped over because of the way we drive our endpoint management. So those three factors are really critical to what Google Workspace does on top of Google Cloud to ensure organizations are protected. Within the Google Cloud world, there is a whole bunch of security that Google does and protects organizations every day. And recently we made an acquisition of a company called Mandiant. And Mandiant obviously has all these reports and uh, data around security breaches, which actually, if you like, even more further enhances how Google, Google can help organizations stay safe and be protected. And then Google Workspace sits on top of that based on cloud-first, zero trust, and protecting everyone on the endpoints. And then within that portfolio, we talked a little bit about earlier, you know, client-side encryption, the ability to allow a customer to have the key for all of their data. So effectively, no matter where that data is, it's always encrypted. So that gives it, uh, many organizations peace of mind that their data will be encrypted no matter where it is. At the same time, having the ability for us to put things like data loss prevention and uh, find controls around phishing attacks and whether information can be shared externally is another factor. Because if you remember a bit early, we talked about Usually the main breach comes from data breaches, which is usually due to error, your user, user malfunction, a user mistake, right? Someone's left something unprotected somewhere and that's allowed a bad actor to get in. So by providing these controls, you're actually helping the users feel safer and actually providing them with more guardrails to feel so that they're in a safer place. And then obviously at the back end, we're driving the zero trust architecture to ensure we, we verify everything before we trust it. Thank you so much, Daryl. Now, a very, very broad question for you. I'm sure you could take hours and days to answer this one. But as we draw to a close, I've got this for you, Daryl. How can manufacturers start to transform their workplace with Google Workspace? I love that question, Simon. Thank you. I guess one of the trends for manufacturers to think about is um, you know, Google's made a heavy investment in education. And so we currently have over... 3 billion users of Google Workspace. And uh, I guess if we ask folks on the, who will listen to the podcast, do they have a Gmail account? So I'll generally put their hand up and say yes. So what we see is uh, lots of people coming into the workforce today have Gmail accounts, have been used to working with Google Workspace. So actually, you have at hand right now a ready-to-go workforce that's already been trained on this platform, whereas I know when I entered the workforce, I had to get trained on a competitor's platform. So you have a, a ready-to-go workforce. So you can actually have people start working with tools that they already love, use, and hopefully love today. And so they're very familiar with that platform, which gets them up going very quickly and how they drive that. Then the second thing is, as, you, um, as they're using a tool they're very familiar with, 
you're able to then allow them to provide a single dashboard. So in a single dashboard, if you like a single pane of glass on their mobile device or their laptop, they can see their email, their chats, their spaces, all in one dashboard. And then be able to integrate it to the tools they use. So yeah, depending on if it's Adobe or Salesforce or DocuSign or a manufacturing you know, ERP application can then be integrated into Google Workspace. So they're not flipping between applications. It's all there seamlessly for them to access. If you think about the biggest users in manufacturing frontline, they're looking for that, right? They're looking for their most used applications at a single dashboard that they could create a quick meeting with, make a call, or uh, you know, send a response or an update without having to switch between applications, especially in the environments they're working on, where they really want to make sure they're in a safe environment. So that's kind of, if you like, allowing them to have this really connected experience. And then if you like those tools, allow everyone really to continue to leverage the cloud-based infrastructure to drive the innovation and collaboration. So I think it's pretty easy to get started. Yeah, lots of users out there today already know Workspace. An organization can leverage that and bring that together in a connected experience and how they bring all their applications together. If you think about it, the workspace platform becomes the hub and all of the other applications become the spokes into this hub. And then obviously, uh, how do you then drive that for in terms of driving adoption and usage? And we have many tools and partners that can help organizations do that. Great, Daryl. Now, this is one of my favorite moments with these Manufacturing Asia podcasts. I get to put you on the spot and ask you if our kind listeners were to forget most of your amazing comments today, Daryl, it must be said, but if they were to forget most of it, what would be a one or two sentence take home message that you would not want our listeners to forget? I would say that uh, I'd like our listeners to take away to, you know, take a look at how Google Workspace can help their frontline workers, yeah, so the users in their plants and on the lines, be able to work safer, work from anywhere and be connected all on a fully secure cloud-first platform would be my way of saying that. If you think about it, you know, make every day a Workspace day for their users. Excellent. Wonderful summary, Daryl. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Really, really insightful session. Thank you so much for your, your detailed answers, but still really drilling down and getting to the point. Daryl McKinnon, absolute pleasure. And that's it from us today from Manufacturing Asia. To know more about this topic, please register to Industry CXO Conversations, Transforming Manufacturing Webinar this coming November 30, Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon Singapore time. You can simply register at the link shared on the podcast description, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, my name is Simon Hyatt. I am the contributing editor of Manufacturing Asia, and I've been your host today. Thank you very, very much for listening. And once again, Dal McKinnon from Google Workspace, thank you so much for joining us today. 